0: Welcome to Momentum Church. So, so listen, if you're online right now, I need you to understand there are actually people in the room, but everybody has chosen to sit in the back. People would rather sit in the back and not socially distance than sit up close to me and be socially distant. If I got anybody in the room who ain't scared, I want you to come forward. It, you say, Look, I ain't scared. I'm going to move forward. Come on, somebody. I, I need you. To, oh, here comes Jason. Yes. There we go. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. I need, I need some people in, in the splash zone. Thank you. I appreciate it. Man, I like seeing your face up here. You're encouraging. This is good. Alright, so this morning I'm not going to waste any time. We've got a lot of scripture to get to and uh, we're going to open up to Revelation chapter 3. Here's the thing, I've got a ton, a ton of scripture this morning because we have to make up for everybody who didn't read their Bible this week, okay? Oh, that was funny. Come on now. Alright, so Revelation chapter 3. Uh, go ahead and put that up on the screen for me. Uh, this is, we're, we're in the book of Revelation uh, for the series The Floor is Lava. Um, and so here we go. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. To the angel of the church in Sardis, right? He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, and yet you are dead. Everybody say, uh-oh. Be constantly alert and strengthen the things that remain which were about to die for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God so remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent then if you are not alert I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come to you next slide for me please but you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments all right? these are not physical garments these are spiritual garments they are, it's the garment of righteousness all right They have not soiled their garments, Uh, and they they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who overcomes will be clothed the same way, in white garments. And check this out. This is the scariest part of this whole passage. And I will not erase his name from the book of life. That should freak somebody out in the room right now. And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Right, so everybody listen. I, this, is a, this is a happy verse, right? Uh, talking about how there, if we use inverse logic here, this says, right, that, that there are going to be people whose names are not erased. So what does the inverse logic mean? Somebody's name is in the book of life currently that will be erased, This is a great way to start off this message. (laughs) Right, and I know that this is Sunday school as a kid. I've always heard it the same way. Once saved, always saved. Like, I believe in Jesus, and as soon as I believe in Jesus, my name, hallelujah, is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, can I just say that this passage says that there are some people whose names are in the Book of Life, and their name will be erased. I'm going to push pause on this, right? You ever been in like a suspenseful movie and, and the person that you're watching is already seen to the end and, and they push pause for a second, they're like, look, it's, I just want to let you know this is going to be okay. Like we're, this is going to end up in hope, right? But we got to get through the tense stuff first. And, and I, listen, I... I know that this is hard for a lot of us to understand. Because for me, I was raised believing, once saved, always saved, right? That's, that's what I was raised believing. But the more that I read Scripture, and, and I've got some more Scripture here to, to show you guys. The more I read Scripture, the more that I realize maybe that's not entirely accurate. And, and some people will say that, well, it just means that they weren't saved to begin with. Well, then how did their name get in the book of life? That's, that's a hard thing to reconcile. Right, But if we're going to look at this idea, then I think, that, I think it would help for us if we're going to try to reconcile it and, and understand it in a light that is hopeful, that, that we can actually move forward with. Because you've got to keep in mind, like, Scripture is never designed just to condemn you, right? Because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Anybody witness to that? There, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But the, the scriptures do bring about correction for us. Like that's, what, that's what we use scripture for is to bring about correction. And so if, if we're using it to bring about correction and we see something that, that is like, ah, oh man, this, this really, it, it hurts and it, it seems like there's no hope in this. Well, there is. We just need to take time to understand it. So whenever I first started going to a public gym, um, right, so I, for the longest time, I worked out at my house. I've been working out for a long time since I was in like eighth grade. I love exercise, love working out, um, but there was this period of time whenever we had lost everything, and that included all of my weights at home and stuff. So I ended up uh, uh, having to go to a gym. This was probably I don't know seven years or so ago, eight years ago, and and I, I'll never forget. So. After I'd been going there for a while, what's interesting is, is whenever you go somewhere over and over again, you get to know people because people start going there. That's, that's a subtle hint to come to church. Um, and so you start to get to know people, right? And so I'd been there for maybe three, three to five months, somewhere around there. And I started getting to know some of the guys that were there at the same time um, every day. And I'll never forget, uh, so I, I was underneath the bench, okay? I was doing bench press. I got to even remember how I was doing it because it was so, it, I, I didn't know. I, I just didn't know. I've always done it the same way. And isn't it funny how just because you do something the same way over and over again, by the way, this is my max weight um, on here. <laughs> that was funny. All right, so isn't it funny how you're, you're doing the same thing over and over again? I've been doing this my whole life the same way. This must be right right? Anybody, anybody ever do that before? You're just doing the same thing over and over again. Well, I've always done it this way. Like this is how somebody told me to do it one time. So since I've always done it this way, this must be the right way. Well, I'll never forget one time this guy uh, who, he was a beast. I mean, dude was jacked out of his mind. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cranking out some reps. I'm looking like a man over here, you know, and, and, and so I'm cranking out reps and, and this guy comes up, Chris Chris was his name, and he's like Hey, um, what are you trying to do? You never want to hear that at a gym especially if you've been doing it for a while What are you trying to do? And I'm like well, I'm trying to bench, you know, like Don't you see the weight? You can see me under here, killing it And he's like, well, I can see that you're doing bench, but if you're trying to work your chest, you ain't doing it. (laughs) And I was like, but I've been doing it this way my whole life, this must be right. And he said, no, 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 look, you gotta spread your hands out if you wanna work bench because now, now all of a sudden you're gonna engage your chest. And you know what? That changed the way that I worked out. It changed the way that the muscle was built. Isn't it funny though, like, Most of the time, whenever you're at a gym, anybody encounter this, you always have the people that are out of shape coming up to give you (laughs) advice. It always happens to me. I I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on that. But I'll be like, I'll be repping out or something, and and somebody who looks like they're, you know, a buck at 15 comes up and is like, hey, you want to know how to get bigger? And I'm like, you got somebody standing behind you? (laughs) that's how it always works, right? There's always somebody out of shape trying to give you the advice to get in shape at the gym. Like I, I don't know what that is, but can I also tell you, like this is a side note, but there's always people that you'll find in church that are out of shape spiritually trying to give you advice on how to live your life. And it's like, you know they're out of shape, but because what they're saying sounds nice, like we want to go to that. Well, I've been doing this my whole life. I've been doing this spirituality thing my whole life. I've been doing this Christianity thing the same way my whole life. So it must be the right thing. But can I tell you when somebody else who, hasn't, uh, who is more spiritually in shape than you comes along and says, Hey, look, I know that you're trying, but what are you trying to do? I know you're trying, but what are you trying to do? Like, you need to take that seriously, and I think if we're going to understand the, the concept of what we see in Revelation chapter three here, where it talks about, look, there are some people who are wearing the garments like they are doing it, right? But then you've got other people who the inverse logic says that their name is going to be erased from the Lamb's book of life. And so how do we find hope in this whenever it seems so condemning? Well, I, I think that we can find hope if we are willing to ask ourselves, what am I trying to do? What am I trying to do? Am I, am I trying to just scrape by and hopefully, you know, by the end of my life, hopefully my name will be in the Lamb's book of life? Man, I, woo, that'll preach. I just, I just hope. I'm not going to do anything for it. I'm not going to try for it. I'm not going to work for it. I'm not going to try to live like Jesus. But, man, I hope. That, I know there's a chance that I'm going to be erased. But I hope that I'm not. Right? That, like, that's terrible. That, that scripture should scare the The crap out of you. (laughs) But are you trying to live in a way that's reflective of Jesus? Like if you, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to live like Jesus? Are you trying to live in a way that's representing him as your king? Let's go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. This, This is how this is supposed to work. Just so you know. This is it right here. If you, you want to know how your Christian life is supposed to work, you can highlight this, save it, put it on the window of your car, put it on your mirror, whatever. Here we go. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That's how it works. This is Christianity 101. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. We were in darkness and he rescued us whenever we chose to believe in Jesus as our Savior, as our Lord, as our King. In that moment, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and he transferred us into the kingdom of, of his beloved son, Jesus. Jesus brought us into his kingdom, all right? That's how that's supposed to work. That's how your Christian life is supposed to work. And see, this is what's interesting, though, about the modern American church is that I feel like we like to really focus on on the rescue but we don't like to focus on the kingdom we like to focus on the rescue we don't like to focus on the kingdom here's what's, here's what's really cool about revelation so revelation was written by John all right we all know that disciple John well you know that he wrote a, a couple other books right one of which is the gospel of John and this is what i love about this is what i love about this church what i love about what pastor Ross does for our church because he 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 gets Colossians 1.13 for us as a people group, right? He gets it for us. And so last year, if you remember, around the same time, we were going through the seven I am's of Jesus, the, the seven I am statements from the gospel of John, right? So keep in mind, they're both written by the book, of, uh, by John, um, and, and they're both encounters with Jesus, right? And so here in the book of John, we see where Jesus says seven things about himself, This, unfortunately, has been a lie that has been given to you that you should stay in the seven I am's. And this is all there is to Jesus. This is a lie. See, Satan doesn't have have to turn things on their head, right? Satan just has to shift things. What he wants is he wants you to have the incomplete gospel. The incomplete gospel says that you were rescued from the domain of darkness. There is no transfer into the kingdom. You were rescued. You were rescued. Good job. You were rescued. But here's what happens. If all you believe in is the seven I am's of Jesus, and those are good things, right? We should believe in those things. We should hope in those things. Man, I, I want to I hope that, that Jesus is my good shepherd. He, we should believe that he is the true vine, that he is the resurrection and the life, right? He is the door. He's going to be our protector. We should, we should look at these things. The problem is, is that these seven statements were, were, were created as persuasion statements. Everybody say persuasion. persuasion. They were designed to persuade you to believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. They were designed to persuade you to believe that he should be your king. They were designed to persuade you that he is the true vine, that he is the good shepherd, that he is your protector. They were designed to persuade you. So the problem with staying here for the rest of your life is you are always staying in a state of questioning as to whether or not he really is the good shepherd. Whether you can actually trust him as king because you're staying in a persuasive state. That's why you were designed to be rescued and transferred. Everybody say transferred. transferred. So then we have the seven I am statements from the book of John that Jesus says. But then what happens is we get transferred into the kingdom of Jesus. All right. Now check this out. How many letters are there to the churches in Revelation? Seven. How many I am statements were there? Now who, who wrote both of those books? John that's right and who was John talking to who was who was the person saying these things Jesus right yeah so look there is such similarity here But it moves from this place of persuading you to believe that he is the Savior and the King and the Lord to now you have been transferred into his kingdom. Now all seven statements, all seven letters to the churches are all about him at being your king. So it goes from let me be your king to now I actually am your king. I don't need to persuade you to believe in me as king. You've already claimed that I am. Now you're in my kingdom, and when you are living in my kingdom, you're expected to live a certain way. And if you don't want to live by my kingdom rules, that's totally okay, but don't be surprised when I kick you out. That's the harsh reality. You know, you ever have somebody who tells you stuff that you really don't want to hear, but you know you need to? This is one of those times. All right. <laughs> this is one of those times. It's not, this is not a message of condemnation. It's a message of reality check. It's a message of wake up. Right? I, I, I pray in the name of Jesus, right now there's alarms going off in somebody's head. Right, If you're online with us, look, I pray in the name of Jesus, there's an alarm going off in your head right now. That, that maybe you have been living in the book of John with the seven I am's, persuading yourself every day, maybe I should believe in Jesus, maybe I should love Jesus. But you've been persuading yourself for the past 15 years and it's time that you get transferred into his kingdom and say, all right, Lord, I'm here. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to live now in your kingdom? And, and there's a lot of people who are not going to like this message, right, for, for any number of different reasons, right? Because it's, it's, it's not fun to talk about this. Man, it's more fun to be persuaded. It's more fun to be sold on things. But can I ask you, like, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? Because, I mean, we could just come in here and rep out like the same way that we always done it. We just rep it, rep it. But but there comes a point whenever you realize, man, I'm not making the gains in this life that I want to make. Like, I hope that you have a Chris in your life that comes along and says, what are you trying to do? Because in that moment, I could have done one of two things. I could have continued to rep out the way that I've always done it. Or I could choose to say, you know what? That joker is bigger and stronger than me. Maybe he's got it right. And so I changed the grip. Everybody say, change your grip. Change your grip. I changed my grip. And you know what? I started seeing the gains that I wanted to see. Some of, some of y'all still aren't sold because y'all are like, man, no, look, Jesus is all about grace. All about grace, all about love. Like, how could any loving God ever erase somebody from his kingdom? How could any loving God kick somebody out of the kingdom? Right, I get it. You probably haven't read your Bible yet. Let's go to scripture. Let's go to your scripture here. I, and I got a lot of scripture here. But prove yourselves doers of the word, not just hearers who what? deceive themselves. By the way, if if you need to track along with us on your phone, we've got, you go to mymomentumchurch.tv online, you can go to mymomentumchurch.tv, click today's notes, and we got all the scriptures in here. That way you can go back and look at this later and be like, man, Brantley really didn't make this up, right? Because here's the thing, like, I I just need y'all to understand, in culture right now, there is so much that is, that is uh, politicized and twisted, and, and like i don 't know about you, but i don 't know where I can go and get real facts that aren 't polarized one way or the other. The Bible i didn 't change the bible i 'm reading what it says, and you can do the same thing, like you have that power. You can go in and check my work all right i 'm not coming up with random stuff here let 's go to the next passage. Matthew 7:17. 7, So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. I feel like Dr. Seuss. (laughs) This is where he got his inspiration from, pretty sure. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down. I'm going to say that one more time. This is verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. This has been a scripture that has bugged me for a long time. We don't like this scripture. We just don't like it. Because we want to believe that God just loves everybody, and everybody's going to make it, and it's all going to be okay. But that's not what this says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does... The will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Next slide. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. There's a lot of people that that you're going to meet along your Christian path that they can reference the old days. But you look at what they're currently doing in life going, I know you said that you uh, have seen these miracles happen. I know that you said that you had these times where you would prophesy over somebody. What happened? What are you trying to do now? Let's go to the next slide. Romans 11, right? These are all different authors, guys. You will say then, branches were broken off, so that I might be grafted in, right? They're talking about how the Jewish people, uh, the Jewish people that did not accept Jesus were broken off. They were the original branch. They were the original graft, uh, 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 they were the original uh, plant, if you will, the, the original vine there. Quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but Fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. This isn't talking about non-believers, guys. This is talking about people who were grafted in. They believed in Jesus and were grafted into his family. And here we see where Paul is saying, look, don't be conceited but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. See then the kindness and severity of God to those who fail severity, but to you God's kindness. If you continue in his kindness for otherwise, you too will be cut off. You go to the next one for me. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Next slide. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase far from it? How shall we who died to sin still live in it? I got another passage. Go to the next slide for me. All right. This is gonna be kind of the this is gonna be kind of the, the final one here that just proves the point a little bit. This is a parable that Jesus spoke. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who held a wedding feast for his son. And he sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding to Jesus unwilling to come. Once again, this is talking about the Jewish people who rejected Jesus. Again, he sent other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited, behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fattened cattle are all butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went their separate ways. One to his own farm and another to his business and the rest seized his slaves and treated them abusively and killed them. And that's talking about the persecution of the prophets. Now the king was angry, and he sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and set their city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. So go to the main roads and invite whomever you find there to the wedding feast. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. I want to pause there for just a second. Both bad and good, right? Jesus came to the Jewish people first. Anybody who didn't, who didn't want him, he, he's like, all right, fine. Look, I'm going to go get anybody else. Doesn't matter. So now all of a sudden the servants, right, the people who are willing to spread the gospel message, they get sent out. They bring in the bad and the good. Everybody say the bad and the good. Listen, he goes and he grabs the bad and the good. And he says, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter who you've thought yourself to be in the past. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made in the past. It doesn't matter if you've lived righteously to this point, right? It, it, none of that matters. To this point, every single person who hears the name of Jesus and wants to respond, you are invited to a wedding feast right now in the name of Jesus. Doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It says that they got the bad and the good. This is important. This is important because he's helping us understand a point here, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. But when the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless Then the king said to the servants, Tie his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place. Like This seems like a crazy turn of events, right? So I invite a bunch of people. They don't show up. So now I tell my servants, I want you to go get everybody. The servants, they go out and they grab bad people, like bad people and good people, and they're all brought in, and he finds one guy. He finds one guy, and he says, wait a second, why aren't you dressed properly? And the guy has no response. So he, throws a, he ties him up and throws him out, right? So this is where it gets weird. Until you understand that in those times, whenever a king held a wedding feast, he would provide the clothing for them to wear. To not wear the clothing. that he, For him to be in that banquet hall, he had no reason to not wear the clothing that he was given, and so what Jesus is saying is, is, I don't care where you came from. But if you're going to be a part of this wedding feast, I'm going to give you the clothing of righteousness to wear. Because in this kingdom, it says in Psalm 89, that his throne is established. It's the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. Put on the clothing of righteousness. And if you don't put on the clothing of righteousness that has been given to you, I'm telling you how to live, how to be in my kingdom. And if you don't want to put on the clothing that I've given you, then that's okay, but you're not going to be a part of this feast. You were invited. You were welcomed in. But put on the clothes or get out. That's, that's rough. That's rough. But the thing is, is that it's not, it's, it's not that God is being harsh and unjust. He's saying, look, I, I don't care what you've done. I, I don't care who you've been in the past. I want you to come into my wedding feast. I want you here with me. I want to celebrate with you. Let me celebrate with you. Here, I've got the clothes all ready for you. You don't have to bring anything with you. You don't have to bring your righteousness to me. I've got righteousness for you to put on. I've got a, one extra illustration. Miss Barbara, can I have that? I gave, I gave the sheet to Miss Barbara because I didn't trust myself with it. All right, do we, have, do we have a couple in here? You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead, since y'all... Y'all are the, the first couple, married couple, that came forward. I want y'all to come up on stage with me. Everybody, welcome to stage, Jed and Stacey Williams. So y'all, y'all need a Valentine's date. Um, and so what I have here is I have a gift card. It's a piece of paper, but it has the gift card info on it. right? And, and it has enough money that has purchased two tickets for you to uh, AMC movies. All right? So there you go. So, your, your children... Right. Happy Valentine's Day. Y'all can go out. I'm sure Miss Barbara would not mind watching your your children. (laughs) Um, But here's the thing. This does come with one stipulation. Okay. Whenever you get to the theater, you have to give them that or else they're not going to let you in. Right. Because this has has the, the money for the tickets on it. Right. And so I've already purchased these tickets for you. You just have to give them that does that sound like a fair deal? All right. Thank you. Y'all can have a seat. Y'all have (laughs) officially accomplished your purpose here today. So listen, that, that's the picture of Matthew 22. He says, look, I've already paid the price for you. I've already, I've already rescued you from the domain of darkness and I've transferred you. Like I've, I've given, I've transferred the tickets into your hands, right? You have them but here's the thing if you show up and you don't have tickets, they're not gonna let you in to sit in that movie. Right? It, it, it makes total sense. Like, we don't question it in the world. But whenever all of a sudden we apply it to God, now God's a mean God. Right? But if I told you, listen, Jesus has already paid the price for you to have tickets into his wedding feast, but you have to show up with the tickets. Whenever you're transferred into his kingdom, you have the tickets in your hand. If you don't show up with the tickets, you're not going to be allowed in. The price was paid. You have it. It's in your hands, but you have to show up with the clothing of righteousness. And if you don't show up clothed the right way, way, then your name is erased from the guest list. I'm sorry we don't have seats here for you. You chose not to put on the wedding clothes. It's not that you didn't have access to the wedding clothes. You had access. You chose not to put them on. So how do we reconcile this? How because I, I believe that we can have confidence in our salvation, 100%. I believe that that's there. We, we don't have to worry about, is our name in the book of life? Is our name on the guest list for the wedding feast? We don't have to worry about that. If you ask yourself the question, what am I trying to do? Let's go to, I think it's 1 John 3, 7. This is it right here, okay? This is this is how you know your confidence in your salvation. This is how you know the confidence that you can have that your name is on the list. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. Everybody say is. Yes. It's not will be. It says as soon as you right? it's not practice righteousness and one day maybe. It says as soon as you start practicing. Everybody say as soon. As soon as you start practicing, you is righteous. (laughs) Just as he. You notice that's a capital H? That's talking about Jesus. If we go back to Revelation, it's clothed white the same way that he is, right? So the one who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. So why would we continue moving on in that clothing instead of the clothing of righteousness? Now here's here's the thing. Can you leave that up there for me for, for a little bit here as I wrap up? This is the idea of practice, right? Because you gotta understand you're not gonna make it through this life perfect. Whenever it talks about, you know, in, in Revelation 3, it talks about, you know, there are some who their, their garments have not been soiled. Like, it's not talking about I spilled a drink on myself, right? It's not, it's not, it's not I made a mistake. It's not I fell. It's not that, Ah, oh, dang it, I got dirty again. You know, it's not, it's not any of that. Like, what, what uh, Jesus is talking about with the, them soiling their garments is the intentionality to continue intentionally living in sin. Intentionally practicing living in sin. And see, I see, I coach baseball. Uh, I, I grew up playing baseball. And, you know, for, for me, if you've been to most centers, you've heard me talk about this before, right? Well, I, growing up playing baseball, we did a lot of practice. Lots and lots of practice. Why do you practice? You don't practice just because you enjoy practice, right? You practice for game times. You practice so that at some point, whenever the game is happening, you can win, right? Now, what happens in practice? Do you always get it right? No, 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 no. So like for me is taking ground ball after ground ball after ground ball after ground ball. Why? They, they would hit me ground ball after ground ball and tell me, look, keep your butt down, right? I want you to get your glove all the way down to the ground, right? Make sure you're fielding in front of you and, and all of this stuff. Have your feet moving towards the direction of where you're throwing and, and, and all of this, right? And we would practice that over and over and over again. Why? So that whenever game time rolled around, all of a sudden, because we 've been practicing something the certain way over and over and over again, guess what we are more likely to do what we 've been practicing now during a game, do you still have errors you still you still make mistakes that 's right. so what happens? You go back to practice right and so the difference the difference the, the way that I can interpret this the difference between practice and game time practice time is like whenever. Uh, you're not hot, uh, hungry, tired, alone, stressed, angry, right? That, that's, that's practice time. And we've all done this. Every single person in this room, you know, like, I can choose right now to make a good decision or I can choose to make a bad decision. We've all had that happen. And, and we've had all the time in the world to make the decision. And for whatever reason, we chose to make the bad decision. That's, that's practicing lawlessness. That's, that's practicing sin. But you also have these times where it's like, ah man, you know what? I've done this the same way for a long time and and it's always been practicing sin. I think this, that I'm gonna try to practice what Jesus would have me do in this moment. That's your practice time. And whenever you practice that, you, you practice taking that step, it says that you are righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. And then game time rolls around, and you know what? Sometimes you're still gonna mess it up. Game time is whenever you are uh, hungry, angry, tired, stressed, right? That, all, all of a sudden, man, it's like you know, you're know you on the edge anyway, and you gotta make a split second decision, a snap decision, and, and you know what? You snap, and it, it doesn't go the right way. And you're, you're, you feel bad about it, right? You feel that guilt that comes upon you, like guilt, you know, we don't need to feel guilty. We just need to correct the action whenever we go back to practice, right? That's that's the difference. So listen, if you're wanting to be able to know 100% and have full confidence, my name's on the guest list. And there's a couple of things that we see. Repent is in there, right? Recognize it and repent and say, God, dang, I'm sorry, Lord, I've been doing it wrong. I've been doing it wrong. My, my faith in you has never I've never doubted my faith in you but I've been doing it wrong and I repent for that now help me practice my righteousness and then you go back and you start practicing your righteousness and you practice you practice and when I say that it's just practicing living the way that Jesus would have you live that's all that it is I'm gonna just practice living the way that Jesus would have me live I'm gonna do it over and over and over again daily it's a daily intentional decision what are you trying to do And whenever you live life with the understanding that I'm living in Jesus's kingdom and he's got a set of standards for me and I'm gonna choose to live by those standards, and guess what? Sometimes you're gonna slip, sometimes you're gonna fall and Jesus is just gonna say, look, it's okay. I know you're practicing righteousness. Just go back to practice. That's all that it is. The only people that should be scared are the people who are intentionally living against the kingdom principles. That's the only people that should be worried right now. Everybody else, you can have confidence. So listen, let's close our eyes and, 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 and pray here. And what I want to do is if you're in here right now and this message has stirred you, if you're online right now, we got somebody who's monitoring online. Um, and if you're, if you're one of those people where you're like, man, I have not been practicing righteousness. I've been living the way that I want to live. I know that I haven't been living the way that Jesus would want me to live. I'm not, this is not a salvation call right now right? This is not a salvation call. This is just, this is just a repentance call. And you're like, look, Jesus, I recognize I have not been practicing righteousness and I want to repent right now. And I'm going to pray for you, to your principles according to your kingdom. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you. Okay. Okay. I see lots of hands going up, lots of hands. If you're online with us, I want you to just, I want you, you can, you can type it in the comments, you know, p- Raise your hand. You got little hand emojis? Do that. I don't care. Look, this is a, this is a, this is a time for, for people where you are being transferred into his kingdom, right? You've already been rescued. Now get transferred right now through repentance right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, I see that hand, right? Right now, right now in the name of Jesus. And all you do is you just say, Jesus, I repent. Jesus, I repent. I never doubted in you. I just repent right now. Transfer me into your kingdom. And help me to live with the clothing of righteousness right now. Help me to practice my righteousness right now for you, Jesus. Help me to live with intention right now for you, Jesus. Every single day, help me to live with intention. Right now, over everybody in this room, Lord, I thank you, God, for all these people, Lord. I thank you for the people online who are watching right now, Lord. God, and and I thank you for the repentance that's happening, God. There is nothing more beautiful, God, than than people who are repenting, God. They are seeing that, that you are the way, God. They know that you're the way, God, Lord, and that you have not come to condemn us, but you have come to set us free. And repentance is not an act of condemnation. It is not an act of guilt, but it is an act of freedom from chains. It's an act of freedom from deception of this world, God. And Lord, we come against these world forces that are trying to attack your people, God. We stand firmly in your kingdom, God. We stand firmly in your name, Jesus. God, and right now, Lord, I just pray that you can help us put on the clothing of righteousness, God, because you've got a celebration waiting for us, God. You've got a feast that's waiting for each and every one of us, God. God, and we can't wait to get there. I do want to ask if anybody's in here who has not accepted Jesus for the first time, you haven't accepted Jesus at all, and you want to accept him as your Lord and Savior, I'd like for you to hold up your hand so that I can pray with you. Anybody in here? If you're online, right, what I want you to do, if that's you right now, I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to go to mymomentumchurch.tv, mymomentumchurch.tv, And I want you to click on, I need a pastor, all right? And then you send us an email, and then I'm gonna contact you, okay? I'm gonna pray for you right now. Dear Jesus, uh, and I want you to repeat this after me, okay? Dear Jesus, I know that I'm amongst the bad. I know that I've lived in darkness, but Jesus, be my me from the domain of darkness. I need you to be my savior, be my king and help me to follow you intentionally and live the way that you would have me live because I want to be a part of your wedding feast. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.